0: 060896 or visit horseandhound.com.au
1: 27.3 is about to feed him some racetrack here for real life and he's starting to open up he gets away the margin 7 metres whisper a secret a clear second so serious third to the outside class to the max but for real life into the home straight, he's off and gone for real life next stop is Sydney and for real life returns in style for real life whisper a secret class to the max is
0: third for I'd real life one of Queen Queensland's better-performed younger horses, 12 from 21. And this race on Saturday night is sensational with a view to Queensland in particular, Race 5 at Menangle, the Powerface, ADL Stake. Chris yesterday spoke about short sure Thing. Captain is off the second row for Shannon Price and Adam Sardis. And you won't want to know where to look on that race, Chris, on, on Saturday night with all that Queensland interest there. Tell us about the Queenslanders in the race, first of all.
1: Yeah, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. So we've got for real life lining up. RD's Flash is set to go around. Sure thing, Captain. Unfortunately, the barrier draws haven't been all that kind. So for real life, gate seven. He's got two emergencies to his inside. So he'll move into five RD's flash to his immediate outside. And sure thing, Captain, he's drawn towards the outside. So he's got gate number nine that he'll start from there on Saturday night. So hopefully. Uh, this will uh, continue the good form from Friday night, Steve, because the Newcastle mile field, that was drawn. That's on Friday night, so that dovetails into the big night at Manangle on Saturday night. And Leap to Fame will wear saddle cloth number seven, but he'll start from gate five. It's a field of eight. It's a field of ten that are uh, listed. But there's two emergencies, and they're both drawn to the inside of Leap to Fame. So he's gone up at $1.35, $1.35 with Tab to win that feature on friday night and as we outlined if he wins that that gains him an automatic entry into the miracle mile so hopefully it is going to be a big weekend for queensland
0: excellent well let's talk to trent dawson about this very promising horse as you mentioned saturday night parfait sadios classic
1: yeah he's a real star there's no doubt about it for real life what a record 12 from 21 trent good morning morning chris how are we i'm very well whereabouts are you right now
2: outside of Faree at the moment, actually, so we're uh, we're making okay ground. We're, I mean, uh, I don't usually like travelling this far, even on holidays, so um, we're, we're getting out of our comfort zone, that's for sure.
1: Okay, so an early start by the sound of it.
2: Yeah, well, I try I tried to uh, tried to sleep in a little bit, but the, the kids wanted to uh, to wake me up and got me awake early, so I thought, oh, well, we might as well <laughs> I might as well get on the road. I'll leave Crystal to deal with them.
1: Okay, so uh, the field's out. What was the first reaction?
2: Oh, it's not too bad. I think, you know, seven come into five. You know, if the emergencies get taken out, um, obviously sort of drawn outside of um, better be the best, which is probably one of the, uh, the big dangers in the race, is probably not ideal. But, um, you know, we could have gone a lot worse too. So I, I don't think we have to complain too much about the barrier draw, but um, just. A little bit of luck wouldn't go astray.
1: Okay, Was the field as strong as what you thought it was going to be? Um,
2: Yeah, I kind of think it's it's quite a strong race, actually. Um, Particularly, yeah, better be the best. Probably two weeks ago, um, didn't look like he brought his A-game to the race two weeks ago, and then then last week sort of looked like he went to a whole new level that he's probably never been at. So... um, yeah, I was, I was sort of, um, yeah, it's obviously good for them to see him go good last week, but I, I was hoping um, the week before it <laughs> would, would have been better to race him rather than last week's horse. But, uh, you know, Merlin's there, and there's, there's a few others there that are all, um, all going to make
1: it a good race. Okay. He's had that one run back. We just replayed it. He dominated there, and his sectionals, as per normal, were brilliant. Has he trained on since?
2: Yeah, well, I was probably a little disappointed in myself um, with that last race. I was probably playing a bit of catch-up in between the trial and the start, and I probably worked him a little... Um, you know, he had a couple of hard hit-outs, which probably... Um, it didn't hurt him that much, but it, but I reckon he probably lacked a little bit of his sharpness that he normally does have, even though the, the fractions were pretty quick still. So um, he's definitely... Um, since it like he's sharpened up and... i'm super happy with his work at home so uh, i think he'll i think he'll step out and um we don't have too many excuses right now but uh hopefully we don't need any
0: friend it's steve just on that first up win i I don't think that was your plan was it to zip around and take control of the race i know he was short I, i think you planned to sort of slot in early didn't you with the horse for real life
2: oh i kind of i kind of had a feeling that they'd probably all be waiting for him a little bit so i didn't i didn't have to bustle him too much um you know, I probably would have been surprised at that point had they had they actually held me out. But um, no, it's sort of be nice if uh, if things work that easy Graces, but uh, I just I just don't think they will. So <laughs> we'll take we'll take it when it does get presented to us.
1: In a lot of his victories up here, Tran, he's been able to find the front. Uh, and I suppose you know, there, there's that school of thought that, you know, he, he's purely just a leader. But he's proven that he can do work. He, he won the Group 1 trial. He parked out in that race. So he's not a one-trick pony. So it, it, does that play on your mind going into a race like this on Saturday night, uh, given where you've drawn now? Uh, not really. I mean, he's obviously, he's won a lot of races in front, but um, I
2: actually... I think when the time comes and, and we get the chance to, to, to sit on pace, I, I think that's um, that's his forte when he eventually does get to get nice trips on the back of on the back of nice horses. So um, I think that's when we will see the best of him. And, and probably the way he's had to, you know, I think two starts ago before he went for a little breaker. I mean, we sat outside of Frankie Ferocious and they went twenty six and something down the back, and he um, he put him away quite comfortably, you know. So knowing that we've got a horse that um, you know can do it of stuff and 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 you know doesn't doesn't like cutting the breeze um, knowing that we can do that it's a good thing to, to have in the back of your uh, back of your mind because I, I'm, I'm pretty sure when we do get the driving with a sit, that's when we'll see the best of him.
1: yeah I tend to agree with that as well um, he, he's got a PB of 52 he recorded that when he went down for the breeders challenge series last year um, are, are you certain that he can go sub-50?
2: Yeah, I, I, I actually I, I don't think um I don't think there's any doubt that eventually he will go sub fifty. Um you know, probably uh, I think he, I think he's getting close to being able to do it. I, I think he's at that point now. He's had the the trial and um like I said, we sort of got a bit of working in between that trial and the uh and the race start but uh I think right now he's you know, it's it's gets to a point we're probably we're probably gonna be um have to go, go close to doing that on Saturday night if we're gonna gonna get close to these horses anyway. So um,
1: yeah, hopefully, uh,
2: hopefully now's the time.
1: Okay, uh, Merlin, uh, is he the obvious one to beat here on Saturday night? Um,
2: oh, obviously, I mean, we, no one's really seen him sort of match up in the flesh, I guess, in Australia yet. But um, obviously, his his record he brings and the the and camp that he comes from. Obviously, he um, you know, he he, bring, he brings quite a lot of uh, reputation with him. So so on that alone, he is the one to beat. But I, like I say, better be the best. Was um, super sharp on Saturday night, and just gone. So um, I think those two are the you know, the main ones to beat in the race, and um, just just see how they play out. Obviously, I, I think probably better be the best with the draw is going to um, take a little bit of early advantage.
1: Mm. What about uh, looking big picture with the Chariots of file? We know that Don't Stop Dreaming's qualified. We know Frankie Ferocious is qualified. So how does that sort of sit with you? Like, you can take that sort of um, viewpoint with Frankie Ferocious. You've raced him. You've beat him before. So surely that holds you in good stead, pushing towards the Chariots. Well, yeah, we're we're sort of going down there. And if we, you
2: know, obviously we'll want to make the Chariots. um, But we're racing for you know, this week's for fifty thousand, so we'll just go, go take each each step at a time and um yeah, obviously the ultimate goal is to be in the chariots, but probably if we um you know, if we if we miss out, well then you know, I'm probably not gonna be I think with this particular bunch of four year olds it's um it's not gonna be stepping him up too much to actually race him in the sprints sprints that are on next week if we do miss out on the chariots. So, um you know, I, don't, I don't think you'll be racing too much tougher than what we're, what we're already planning to race anyway.
1: Mm. Um, it, it's a massive year for four-year-olds now because there's the Chariots, which comes early in the season, and then we've got the features here in the winter, the Rising Sun being the main one, and, and for you, you've bought that slot in the Hayden race, and then hopefully, if you can win that race, that stamps your ticket to the Eureka. So the four-year-old season all of a sudden becomes filled with so many great opportunities.
2: Yeah, well, it certainly is, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, I, I I spend a bit more than I uh, than I than I normally spend for a lot of things on that on that slot. So um, we sort of wanted to to get a little bit of a ace up our sleeve. I think I think we've got the right horse to do it, and we just didn't want to be coming from a terrible draw. So we we got the best we could. Um, I I joked when I was driving down here talking to Crystal before. I said, I'm not not crossing the border again for less than two million. So hopefully I'm right.
0: Yeah. Nathan, just on the tactics, you mentioned better be the best. If it crosses and and you come across, I mean, potentially could your horse end up 1 1 if something comes around and sits outside better be the best? I mean, that wouldn't be a bad scenario. How do you see it actually playing at the first five, six hundred metres or first 400? I
2: mean, we'll we'll probably sort of toe across with better be the best and. um, you know, you probably it's a big straight, and you you don't want to um, you don't want to cook yourself early. But by the same token, you don't want to be last against these horses. So you gotta you gotta try and play it in the middle ground somewhere. And um, you know, I, I think that's that's the sort of thing that I'm taking with my guy. I, I think I've got the flexibility to do just sort of whatever presents itself.
0: Will that Merlin Chris go around at some stage? Well, I'm not sure, Steve. He's, he's not noted for
1: for being that sort of rough and tough type of horse. He's more a speed horse. So do they sort of stick to that sort of format of, of driving him to his strength? So it's going to be very interesting um, to see how they drive Merle. And it's going to be interesting to see who actually drives him. No driver was listed when the field was, was released. So uh, does Zach Butcher come across and drive him or do they engage a local? So it's going to be interesting. I suppose... If if there's an upside with the barrier draw trend, you've got better be the best to your immediate inside, and you've got Merlin just to your outside, so at least you can sort of line up where your your key rivals are going to be early.
2: Yeah, well that's that's it. I mean, sometimes it's uh, it's good to have options, and uh, you know sometimes you don't want too many options because it can confuse you a little bit. But uh, we just have to have to like play it by ear a little bit, and I, I think we just we do really have to be a bit flexible and just. Um,
1: you know, just, just take it as it comes. Yeah, all right. So who else is on the float with you at the moment? Well, i got Future Assured and Factfinder
2: with me. So um, we're, we're actually get, getting through it pretty good. They, they've handled
1: it pretty well for uh, well Future Assured and Factfinder their first venture away, so they're, they're doing pretty good. OK, so it's the A team. So Future Assured, he starts next week. He'll go around in one of the Miracle Mile uh, qualifying sprints yeah that's the plan for him, and
2: um I think the next week too the the heat of the derby's on for the other little fella so um yeah we're uh we are we're, throw, we're throwing everything we got on the on the back of this float so
1: we're if we if we can't come up with something now we're uh we got to go back to the drawing board okay well, let's just talk about future assured how did he bounce out of that first up run the, the other week at Albion park?
2: yeah he was really good he he probably needed to run more than I would have um given him credit for actually Um, we sort of it'll be three weeks between runs before he goes in there but uh, I I think he took good benefit from that
1: last run so I think he'll um, yeah sharpen him up nicely Was there any temptation about starting him at Newcastle on Friday night or you wanted to avoid Leap to Fame?
2: Oh there was probably a little bit of temptation but um, yeah it's sort of one of those things you know I just I, I, I really wanted to sort of get him down here and I didn't it probably couldn't have worked out any better, the fact that he comes down a week earlier as it is. Um, I just wasn't certain how well he'd travel um, and we'll, we'll probably find out in the next couple of days when he eats up or not. So, um, yeah, I just thought probably a
1: good thing just to, to give him the extra week to settle in. Yeah, fair call. What about FactFinder? Has he surprised you with the way he sort of developed?
2: Yeah, I always liked him. Um, he's, just, he's only small now even still and, and even... You know, before he was, um, you know, when he was two, I, I was probably disappointed with the way he performed it too. But he was just, just in need of growing so much. He was sort of um, so underdeveloped, and and even now he's a small horse, but he's much made much better put together. So um, I think we're just getting a bit more of a, a mature horse, and um, you know, we're seeing his ability shine through now because of that. So I mean, I I, don't, I was totally surprised by his last start run. Um, that one really really made me stand up and nose him a little bit. So, I mean, where he goes from here, I don't know. But, um, yeah, you probably probably wouldn't have taken him on his own to uh, the Derby, but, but since we're going, I, I think he's more than worthy
1: of having a little shot at it. He could be a real dangerous horse in one of those Derby heats uh, next week.
2: Well, yeah, particularly if we get to drive him and forget it, you know, forget that... Yeah. Um, and drive him like they forget about us a bit and just sit him on the helmet until that, that last sort of straight... Um, yeah, he's fast. he's he's actually wicked wicked fast point to point for a couple hundred meters. So um yeah, it could
1: it could give him something to um, give him a bit of a surprise. Well there's three super fast horses on your float there. For real life future assured and fact finder, they can they can all throw down a big quarter.
2: Yeah, yeah, they certainly can. So uh hopefully they don't get
1: intimidated by the big track at an angle. No, well, I'm sure you'll be right, uh, and the fact that you've been there before and, and raised, in particular for real life, that that's got to be a little bit of a bonus as well.
2: Yeah, well, we we sort of learned a bit with that last trip down here, and um, I, I think it's sort of got us in a good spot now. So hopefully we, um, yeah, hopefully we learnt from that what little errors we might have made last time, and you know,
1: get a little bit little bit better this time. All right. Well, I really appreciate the time. Safe travelling. Keep uh, keep the eyes on the road and do well on the weekend. Thanks a lot, guys. There's Trent Dawson joining us, uh, Steve. So uh, he's got some mm. wicked talent in his stable and they're all on the back of that float at the moment, bound for Sydney. So for real life, future assured and fact finder. So one's heading for the Chariots, one's going for the Miracle Mile, the other one's going for the Derby. It's not a bad little trio.
0: Yeah, 7.42 Queensland time, that paleface Adios Classic. And then the next race we get to see Don't Stop Dreaming go around, Chris. Race six. And I can tell you his brother, the full brother, he just sold earlier today mm. a
1: New New Zealand record, $340,000. All right.
0: Who's going to end up with it, the burdens? Uh Barry Purden, okay. not Mark. So it'll be Barry, bought by Dean Shannon. All right, so there you go. Mm. We thought it would bring a bit of money, but probably not that sort of money.
1: Yeah. Pete McBullen's with
0: us. Pete, good morning.
1: Morning. How are you? Very well. Uh, Let's talk about this pale face Adios qualifier for the Chariots on Saturday night. Great Queensland interest. We just spoke with Trent with For Real Life, RD's Flash. Now, you nominated two horses here, RD's Flash and Whisperer's Secret, who was the the runner-up in the Queensland Derby last year. Any surprises when the field was announced? Um, Probably not surprised,
3: you know. Obviously, well, we'll hopefully, would we'll get a start with uh, Pro Secret. and You know, we rate him very high, and he just sort of flies under the radar a little bit. And his probably, uh, winning form probably isn't quite good enough, um, even though his runs probably are.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Uh, Rd's Flash, though, has he been a little bit of a surprise packet? He's been so good for you and Chantel since joining the stable last year. Has he surprised you with the way he's taken of the style of racing here in Australia?
3: Yeah, a little bit, Um, you know, sort of early in his career there when he sort of just sort of got going, he wasn't doing a hell of a lot, but, you know, he's just sort of just kept stepping up and stepping up and, uh, you know, he's got really good change-up speed, which has, you know, really helped him in a lot of those races. Um, You know, he he sort of, you know, he can put himself in a good spot and and when you're sort of needing the top of the stretch, you can really let down. So, um, you know, that's probably what's won in the races. Um, But all in all, he's done a really good job.
1: Yeah, he's a very versatile horse, and that gives him a chance here on Saturday night. So, I, I want to ask your, your thoughts on the barrier draw. Is that a good draw, or is that a sticky draw?
3: Um, I, it could have been better, It could have been worse. Um, you know, obviously, we've had a draw down close to the rail; it would have been a hell of a lot better. But uh, at the same time, you know, there's still good horses drawn outside of him, so you know, hopefully, he can get some sort of trip because that's probably what he's going to need
1: okay what, what sort of time do you think this field is capable of going here on the weekend it's, it's going to be very interesting
0: um,
3: i think they're capable of going you know probably a 46 sort of mile but um obviously they're all going to have the week later in mind so you know I, i'm sure they'll break 50 but they may not go you know as, as fast as they sort of possibly can go
1: okay don't stop dreaming he won the first qualifier the hondo he went 50.5 but you look back at last week's times, uh, and it's all weather dependent as well. But the, the track must have been uh, super last week because they were running some super times. Frankie Ferocious, none better than him. Has he surprised you with what he's done in the two runs down there for Jason Grimson?
3: Not really, to be honest. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to drive Frankie Ferocious, you know, early two-year-old um, days, and you know, he was an amazing horse. Then when I drove him, then I sort of he gave a you know incredible feel and. From day one, he he sort of always seemed like he's going to be a really good horse. And, you know, it was only sort of probably a couple of months ago he went 51 at Albion Park. So, realistically, if they're going 51 at Albion, they're probably going to go 49 at an angle. So, um, yeah, what he's done probably hasn't surprised me. I sort of knew how good he was. And I think it just sort of really shows the talent of Queensland.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a really good point. So, is he the horse to beat? Is it Don't Stop Dreaming? Or is the Chariots winner in your race here, the Pale Face Adios qualifier on Saturday night?
3: Uh, I think it's been, a, you know, a really good sort of race. Um, it's such an even bunch of four-year-olds this year. Obviously, last year there was a, you know, real standout of four-year-olds. Um, you know, League of Fame was, was probably the standout. He wasn't at the Chariots, and he had um, Catch a Wave. But uh, I think this year there's probably ten horses all with a good chance. And don't stop dreaming. He, he was, well, he's been a good horse his whole career. But um, you know, he's run behind League of Fame a few weeks ago. It was really good and. But then he, his sparring partner Merlin, you know, he's a very very good horse too. And um, you know, Frankie Froges just now steps up, and for real life, you know, we we see what he does sort of at, at Albion. I, I think Angle is going to really suit him. He's going to really be amongst it as well. So um, you know, and there's plenty more as well. So there's lots of good good four year olds this year.
1: Mm. Just on for real live, as I said, we spoke with Trent earlier, uh, but you've raised him a heck of a lot here in Queensland. Um, he's a, a wickedly fast horse, and he's very easy on the eye, isn't he?
3: Yeah, he's a lovely horse. Um, yeah, you, know, you just sort of as, soon as he walks past you, he catches your eye, and you know he's such an athletic horse, and you know, keeps himself in the shape all the time. And um, you know he's he's just so fast. But you know what I like about him is. Um, he's last sort of six months, he's really sort of learned how to dig in and get into a bit of a dogfight and and come out on top.
1: Mm, Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment as well. Now, just on RD's flash, uh, is there a plan B? uh, If he doesn't qualify on Saturday night, is there another race down there that appeals?
3: Uh, Not really. Um, You know, the the chariots are sort of the aim and if he doesn't qualify, sort of, you know, so bad, he'll probably just come back home and uh, continue to race up here and yeah, there's plenty of four-year-old races throughout our winter carnival, so um, yeah, it's sort of just sort of take it as it comes a little bit and, and see what happens.
1: Okay, you, you, you've chased the chariots previously. Matt Greger went down and, and competed in a chariot. So, uh, if you can, you, you can tell me who's who won that chariots that year. Where, where does Rd's Flash sort of sit in comparison to a horse like Matt Gregor?
3: Um I, I think Matt Gregor, he, he was a he was a horse, you know. Like with a few injuries throughout his career, but he had, you know, he was just a brilliant horse, um, you know, all the way through. And I, I think he probably could have been better had he not had some injuries. But um, you know, I Flash, he's, he's getting the job done, which is you know really good. And he's probably a little more seasoned, you know, as far as he's a, I think he's a band four now. He's had quite a bit of racing, and um, you know, he's, he's more seasoned. He's a very good racehorse. You can put him where you want him, and I think that goes a long way.
1: Mm. Who won the chariots that year McGregor went down? A Lazarus. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was a Kiwi, so you run into a good one there. You might be running into another one here with either Don't Stop Dreaming or Merlin. So that's uh, RD's flash. Whisper a Secret, he's going around in, in one of those other races, uh, race number four, the race prior. Uh, is that a race he can win? Yeah, I think so. Um,
3: you know, when you think about it, we sort of thought he'd go on the pale face and, and a legitimate chance of qualifying for the chariots so you would think that'd be somewhat easier um, I think it's up to 80 class race and you know his run last week behind um, for real life was you know super his sectionals were off the chart so um, mm. yeah he's, he's got to be with a chance not a not a real good draw but if you can get some sort of a trip I think you'll run a really good race.
1: okay are you locked in to drive there on Saturday night or are you weighing up your options back home here at Albion Park?
3: Yeah, I'm still wearing my options up a little bit. Um, I've got, I think it's eight drives at Albion, or we'll go down there for two. So it's uh, it's a little bit trickier. As much as I, I really want to sort of go and drive in the feature races um, at the same time, sometimes the pocket looks better when it's full.
1: Yeah, who's uh, who's likely to be the driver in Sydney if you don't make the trip, and when do they leave?
3: Um, still a little unsure on driver yet. Um, Chantel packed up this morning and hit the road so. Yeah, she can be there, sort of all the way through. So, um, yeah, we just sort of wait and see what what I sort of decide to do. But um, we've also got a big team in up here on Saturday night. So, you know, and, and some nice three-year-olds and that sort of thing. So, I'm looking forward to driving some of them as well. So, it's a tough decision.
1: Yeah, uh, the other one that I wanted to ask about, uh, he'll go around on Friday. Gus, the Trot at the Jim McNeil Trotting Championship continues. The opening round of heats last Saturday night, originally for last Friday, and then we had the washout. He finished third last week in that first round heat. Sectionally, he was just amazing. You, you must have been thrilled with that performance last week.
3: Yeah, you know, his run was super. Um, you know, I was a little disappointed. He just sort of missed the start a little bit, just sort of facing the wrong way as the tapes sort of went, and um, which was quite disappointing because he, he had to then go and break the clock just to sort of be competitive and wasn't the ideal scenario we wanted first up. But, um, you know, he seems to have come through it really good and... You know, he just sort of keeps stepping up all the time. And, you know, once we get his men sort of spot on, um, you know, the world's his oyster then.
1: Yeah. So was it the horse's fault or was it the driver's fault with the start last week?
3: Um, Probably a little bit of both. He he was just a little bit fractious and I just probably didn't quite get get him the right spot and I let him go. And, um, yeah, he just backpedaled a bit and turned his 30-metre handicap into probably 50 or more so. It sort of made that mission impossible, and he, he did an excellent job to finish as close as he did. I think his last mile was 56, and I think every quarter was, you know, 29 or better. So, um, yeah, you know, he, he sort of smashes the clock, but he needs to be sort of getting his manners right to be able to win.
1: Yeah, first half, of the last mile, 58-7, then 58-4, his middle half, last half, and 58-1. So he, he, he never stopped. He was chasing the whole way and just running super sectionals.
3: Yeah, and that's, you know, That's what makes him such a good horse. You know, he he can sort of be cruising along at such high speed and then when you ask him for a bit more, he just clicks in the other gear and just lets down again. So, you know, I get really excited about him and, um, you know, I sort of know how good he he can be. So, you know, fingers crossed he gets it all right, you
1: know, on the final night. Is the final over 2,600? Yeah, correct. Okay. Is there a big race on the calendar this year that you've got a big circle around for Gus?
3: Um, not really, you know, hopefully, you know, we can just get his manners right and if if we can, um, you know, I haven't actually even ruled out going to Sydney in a couple of weeks time with him either, so, but he, he probably needs to win the Jim McNeil to be a chance of getting a start in it. So we'll just see what happens and take it as it comes.
1: OK. Uh, just in closing this morning, uh, your wife, uh, Chantel, and you have Somerset Farm, so you've got the Stallions there. I saw some vision of Catch the Fire returning to the farm in North America. He shuttles, obviously. So he's gone from 40 degrees summer heat here in Queensland. It looked like there was about three foot of snow to the farm that he arrived home in. So talk about a a stark comparison there to to be made uh, with the weather.
3: Yeah, poor bugger. Um, Yeah, it was really quite hot, especially the weeks leading up to before he left here. So, yeah, he was uh, in swallowing heat to... um, to what it looked like. It was freezing cold sort of conditions there. So, um, you know, it, he, he may like it better. I don't know if he enjoyed the heat all that much,
1: but, um,
3: yeah, it's certainly a bit of a change for him.
1: So d- does he just go in a barn over there, or being a stallion, do they sort of have to give him a little bit of time out in a paddock although it's just covered in snow? Um,
3: to be honest, I'm, I'm not real sure. I, I presume that um, in those sort of conditions, they would be in a barn. Um, mm. Obviously, here... here um, when he was here, he was in a paddock the whole time, which he really enjoyed. And um, but yeah, life would be quite different for him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, really appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck on the weekend with Gus and uh, those boys down in Sydney, and uh, hopefully they can stamp their ticket to the uh, the chariot. So, uh, in particular, RD's Flash. So, hopefully everything goes to plan.
3: Yeah, thank you, Chris.
1: There's Pete McMullen joining us. So uh, hopefully RD's Flash can be another Queenslander to qualify for the chariot. So. It's gonna be tight. There's no doubt about it, Steve, because uh, sports are at a premium. It's a very deep year, but um, hopefully there's a few Queenslanders amongst them.
0: No, Darren Clayton. you are planning to chat with him. We're just, uh, in fact, uh, we're getting getting him on the phone. Uh, so he's about to join us as well, and he'll offer up his thoughts, no doubt, on that pale face mm. Adios Classic on Saturday night and Leap to Fame's races at a good time, particularly for Queenslanders. Chris, there on Friday night.
1: Yeah, we'll talk more about the, uh, the Newcastle Mile tomorrow, Steve. The markets are out, as I said, for the Newcastle Mile and some of these features that are coming through. The Paleface Adios market with Tab. Uh, the favourite is Merlin, 210. So uh, he's a, a clear choice. Better be the best. Fresh off that uh, thumping victory last week, Three sixty five $5 for real life. And then we're looking at $10 for both Captain Hammerhead and Rock and Roll Hammer. Now, Captain Hammerhead. Uh, he trialled on Monday night at Bendigo for David Moran, won that trial, looked pretty sharp, so he'll go into that race with a little bit of confidence, uh, given the fact that he's drawn barrier one and he looked good in that trial, so uh, that's a, a key point there. Captain's Knock, who is qualified for the Chariots because he was placed in the Hondo and he's going to start on Friday at Wagga, so... Uh, He can't contest this race on Saturday night, given that he's already qualified, but he'll have a, a hit out there. And one of your favourite horses, the Lost Storm, who could have easily gone towards the chariots, they've gone in the opposite direction, Steve. He trialled last week for memory, early last week, They've gone to Tasmania, so they're chasing a, uh, a feature race down there. He's going around on Sunday at Hobart. It's a stand-start race. He's off 10 metres, so that might be the Tassie Cup that he's down there chasing the Lost Storm, but they've got perfect class stepping out on Saturday night in that Paleface Adios qualifier, Emma Stewart, Clayton Tonkin.
0: To be short and Tassie he, on Sunday. Oh, you're not wrong. Yeah, that's <laughs> be coming deep through, into the red. Yeah, that's coming through about twenty past seven Sunday mm. night. Heat two of the cup. The lost storm. Mark Pitt, of course. Emma Stewart. Darren Clayton's with us. Darren, good morning. Morning, Chris. Morning,
1: Steve. A lot of races to watch here, there, and everywhere this weekend. Let's start with the Newcastle Mile. Field was released yesterday afternoon. So gate five. If the emergencies come out, he's a dollar thirty-five with tab. Um, how do you see it?
4: Yeah, well, he's uh, certainly short enough. He probably warrants that uh, that price, of course, with how he's been going. But um, you know, it's he's certainly his gate speed's certainly been improving, leap to fame. Um, but he's got the opportunity there that he can just uh, continue to press forward. Canina Problema, we've seen him get out. Uh, can't find a better man. Not a horse that generally runs the gate, and then you take the two emergencies out. So. Um, you know, I can't see anything outside of him. Of course, eight across the front line there will be. I couldn't see anything across the front really uh, pinging off the arm to get in front. So I think Grand Dixon can just keep pressing forward, and he could probably control it from outside the outside the leader. You would think so. Um, hot and treacherous. I don't think he gets across. We saw him win on Saturday night. Uh, that was over the twenty three hundred and. Um, yeah, it was a good win. He was headed, but came back and won. I wouldn't say it was it was anything too fantastic. Um, yeah, he beat what he had to beat. So I think it all shapes well for Leaps of Fame to win. It's probably a good way to attack the race too, because to qualify for the Miracle Mile, you need to either compete in the Newcastle Mile or the two sprint lead-ups. So um, you know, Touchwood. He always want to win the race, but should he get beaten, he's probably warrants than just getting an invite from the from the club. So it's probably a smart way to play going to Newcastle, or not those lead up sprints.
1: Mm. Queensland's won this race previously. Ava Noble was able to win the Newcastle Mile. The last horse to do the Newcastle Mile uh, Miracle Mile double in the same year was Bowtie. Yeah, well, that's. Think- uh- I think Westbourne
4: granted it before him as well. Yeah, so bow tied here, of course, he was just a, a menangle specialist, really. So, um, you know, the fact that he went up there to Newcastle and done it, can't uh, can't picture that race off the top of my head who who he would have beat on that occasion. But, um, you know, I, I think overall, if you look at the strength of this Newcastle mile, um, you know, it really is right at the mercy of Leap to Fame because, um, you know, even they're the emergency is probably for a reason. There, it, it falls away a bit after after the top probably two or three runners.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's focus on Sydney Saturday night. We've been talking about the pale face. We spoke with Shannon Price yesterday. We spoke with Trent Dawson, Pete McMullen today. Um, are, are we a chance here, Queensland, with for real life RD's flash? Sure thing, Captain.
3: Um,
4: I think for real life is probably the pick of those. Um. I think, you know, getting through to the to the Chariots of Fire would be a pretty good effort for, for all three of those if they could. I think uh, Rd Flash, while he's drawn a little awkwardly, he's probably the one that's probably got a little bit more versatility in that, um, you know, we saw him win at Albion Park the other week over 2,100 where he only had to sprint a half. So I think he's a horse that's so effective off cover. If they go sort of lickety split, and he can find a a good enough position. He can certainly run on into the money, but for real life, he's the one, isn't he? He's the three-year-old, crowned the three-year-old of the year on Sunday night. Super season last year, and um, he's just got bigger and better, and uh, that he trialed well in preparation, and then just an easy victory at Albion Park, where Trent Dawson said he wasn't entirely impressed with the effort, but Um, You know, the times and margins and the sectionals, like they were super. So if he improves off that effort, he's going to be right in the thick of this race.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've got some trivia for the Chariots of Fire for you. I know you love a bit of trivia. Two Queensland horses have won the Chariots of Fire since it was first staged back in uh, 1995. Can you name them? Uh, Lanacost was one of them. He was the most recent, 2011
4: recent. So, let's uh, slip and slide
1: win one? Correct. Here you go. There two you for go. two. Yes. Two for two. Well played. Uh, speaking of big races this weekend, um, we've got the Newcastle Mile, we've got that meeting at Menangle on Saturday night. Also Saturday night, down at Melton, we get this uh, rematch of the uh, the Star Trotters, Just Believe and Call Me the Breeze, the French import. They're going to clash in the, uh, the Group 1 Trotting Grand Prix. Just Believe draws barrier one, Call Me the Breeze 4 this should be a, an exciting race a good contest
4: yeah certainly should I, I think um, I think just believe can bounce
1: back not only does he have the gate advantage
4: I, I think he was just um, didn't quite work out for him in that great southern star I think um, when he when he drew gate seven or sorry inside the second line effectively in the in the first-round heat. So I think that just probably conspired against him when that came around to the final. I think it, he'll be better suited. He'll have had a couple of weeks off here. Gate one. Um, call Me The Breeze can can get the better of Just Believe in this one. Well, then um, we've got some exciting racing coming ahead. Not to say this isn't a, a, a super contest in itself, but um, all... all all favours are with Just Believe here and I don't know where Call Me the Breeze sort of gets to in the run. So I'm Ready Jet perhaps could just have a um, throw a bit of a spanner in the works early and, and take a uh, a little bit of a look but she's not a, a mare that possesses any great deal of gate speed so you'd think Just Believe can just do enough to, to burrow through and hold the front and then from there I guess it depends what sort of sectionals Greg Sugars can get away with.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, a very interesting race, no doubt about it. Let's focus on tonight. We go racing at Rickliffe tonight. Big program coming through there as well. Where do we find your best bet?
4: Yeah, uh, tricky little card, I thought, some of those races tonight. But I thought in if we strike reasonably early, uh, race three, horse number seven, Typhoon Talk. Um, follows out a really good beginner in Willy Wah Lightning, and she's got good passing lane form. She was going for a hat-trick a few runs back and just copped a wide gate. Um, Her run since have been good enough, and I thought with Willywa Lightning getting her to the passing lane, she can take the final shot and make it a winning one. Race 3 or 7 Typhoon Talk.
1: Good value here. 7.50, 2.30, tab fixed price currently.
4: Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's a little bit higher than I thought at this point in time. So, yeah, I'd be I'd be very happy with that.
1: Okay. Is there anything else on the program you like?
4: Yeah, I thought um, in race number nine, horse number one, Precocious Kate, um, has has had some tough gates of late um, and doing really well. She was third last time out behind Cruz Joshua. I think Cruz Joshua... Uh, might have come back a lot better three-year-old. It took a while to win as a two-year-old, but uh, he was pretty good last time out. And Precocious Kate with the improved gait strikes a very winnable race. I thought race nine, horse one.
1: All right, a dollar ninety with tab fixed price right now. Precocious Kate stables going well. What about the Quaddy? Have you got a combo? Uh,
4: the first leg I got it marked in three. There, I've got Doc Harvey on top. Um, probably gets the ideal trip of what he was able to do at Albion Park last time. Behind the leader, zip up the passing lane. Alcana Blue, he'll be better suited if he can find the front. Just had to work too hard last time. And Rosarito, um, stick to that fence line. So one, two, seven, the third leg. Um, sort of stomp him now that he moves to the inside gate. He's certainly going to be right in the thick of the action there. Um, Horse number, just haven't, is there any scratchings today, Chris? I just missed the scratching report before. Um, Thankfully, miracles out of that race. Race six, number one. Okay, that's the only one. Yeah, I knew yep. there was one there. So, um, yeah, so that moved Stomper to the inside gate. Uh, I've got Art Jester on top there. Um, it's his first look at Redcliffe, which is always a little bit concerned, but stronger form. So we'll go two and six in that third leg. Race seven, I thought this was a race in three. Cruz Joshua, who I just mentioned before, he's been, his first up run was really good, so he should have some added fitness. Uh, nine, Carter Grant's probably an easier race than what he tackled. He was only beaten six metres behind Betting Origin at his last start. Betting Origin has won again. Uh, and Diamond Bikini um, was a winner at her, oh, sorry, she was second at her only ever start at Redcliffe. Gate six, no favours, but another one that looks a drop in class. So we'll go six, eight, nine. And the final leg, race eight. I thought it was probably a race in two here between two crime boss. uh, Probably gets to the fence and from there has the options and five ghost train, who uh, hasn't been going too bad at Redcliffe of late and was a winner two starts back. So two and six to bring it home. All right.
1: So uh, that's two and five to bring it it home. Two and yeah. five, yeah. So one two seven into two and six into six eight nine into two and five. Thirty six dollars for a hundred percent of the dividend.
4: Yeah, and that's uh, I think we can we can land it with those combinations
1: all right 10 races tonight we get underway at five twenty-two. the best bet good value as well race three number seven typhoon talk and the other one darren likes race nine number one precocious kate 750 typhoon talk 190 tab fixed price precocious kate hey i mentioned yesterday we spoke with maddie elkins um uh, greg elkins uh kicked by a horse uh, across the weekend uh, he underwent surgery last night, so certainly our thoughts and prayers with Greg during this, you know, difficult time. So hopefully, uh, you know, he'll be back at the races sooner rather than later, but he did undergo some surgery last night. Yeah, it's
4: a sobering reminder, Chris, isn't it, that, um, you know, all these trainers and drivers, they work with animals, and no matter how long you've been around them or how, uh, how much experience you've got, it only takes the smallest little incident to um, to really put in perspective what's important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hey Darren, really appreciate the time we'll talk again on Friday morning. Sounds good Chris, thank you.